You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, everybody? NFL playoffs 2023 are set in stone. Yep. It's the best time of year, man. Fantasy leagues are over. Fantasy champions are crowned. Now, we get to chill. We get to relax. Maybe, you know, maybe play some bets. Maybe, you know, put in some player yeah. props and stuff like that. You know, Definitely. DFS still in full swing. But a little bit more relaxing, you know, uh, just because, you know, obviously we're going to have rooting interests. But, you know, fantasy just takes it to a different level. Right. Uh, and, you know, yeah. there's obviously a lot of contests still that I'm going to be playing in, especially on, on underdog in terms of like playoff, uh, you know, these playoff tournaments that they have, which is like super right. intriguing because you got to figure out like, you know, which players are playing this weekend, you know, because you want to rack up as many points as possible. Right. So you're not going to really like pick the Eagles. Right. With the, you know, because they're not going to play <laughs> yeah. this week. You're not gonna, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you're not going to choose Chiefs players. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be interesting um, to see like how those, lineups and how those drafts are, are, are set and we'll, we'll talk more about that like later on in the week um because i think it's super interesting how those tournaments are set up like we just you know underdog just crowned their two million dollar you know best ball yeah. mania champion uh which is which was awesome to see um so yeah so yeah i mean so playoff zach i mean you, you, your cowboys yesterday you know like oh boy yeah not yeah. not the not the uh type of performance you want to see going into the playoffs uh they could have had the one seed but you know it, it, regardless of what, what what the outcome of that game was they wouldn't have got the one seed anyway right. uh but but still like it was a very interesting uh situation with the cowboys yesterday but we'll get there we'll get there uh i wanted to start off and by the way just this episode we're going to kind of go over the games yesterday we're going to go over the playoff scenarios going into this week uh we're going to talk about our super bowl picks as yeah. well a little later in the episode we plan on doing some fantasy awards as well you know best values um best players in the playoffs we talked a little bit about that on our instagram already uh but we have a bunch more to talk about as well uh to kind of crown some you know who are the you know the best fantasy football players you know for certain things and we're going to keep continue to talk about that throughout the offseason obviously because we still want to identify now, now that this fantasy season is over, like we're already looking forward to next season to see, yeah. you know, who are the guys that we want to target based on what they did this year. And we're going to be doing a lot of research and yeah. uh, we're, I'm already, I, I've already started with our dynasty and rookie draft kit. Uh, we already started with that. So like, you know, we have a lot to talk about when it comes to that, but let's first talk about the playoff scenarios and, and how things shaped up after yesterday's games. Uh, the Seahawks beat the Rams in overtime, which kicked the Lions out of the playoffs. That made me uh, a little sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a, yeah. It was bittersweet. You know, I love seeing Geno in the playoffs, but the, I, I was rooting for the Lions kind of. I was worried that they might not have anything to play for. They might just kind of roll over, but they didn't. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I wanted to see Geno in the playoffs, but then I also wanted to see the Lions in the playoffs. Like, I thought the Lions would give a lot of teams trouble. You oh, know? yeah. Um, but the Seahawks lost. I mean, I'm sorry, the Seahawks won. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the Seahawks needed the Lions to beat the Packers if they were going to make it, right? So they needed help. Uh, and the Lions, you know, they kicked the Lions out by winning that game, but yeah. they also needed the Lions' help to make the playoffs. So the Lions had nothing to play for last night besides playing spoiler, and they ended up beating the Packers, 
right? So that tells you what you need to know right there about the Packers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I didn't think they were a good team. Lions, I thought were a better team, and they ended up winning. And for that reason, I thought the, the Lions were going to be a good team in the playoffs if they didn't end up making it. So the Seahawks ended up with the last seed in the NFC. They're going to face the 49ers uh, on wildcard weekend. Uh, the early odds are the 49ers favored by 10 points. Um, and my early hunch is to pick the Seahawks to cover here. I mean, I think the 49ers will still win that game, but 10 points yeah. seems like a lot. And I would just pick the Seahawks to cover that. I think the, the last time they played, I think the 49ers won by nine. Yeah, something like that. And consider that's also, even though it is a wild card matchup in the playoffs, and, you know, the, the Niners look like world beaters right now. They're just steamrolling teams. They're on an absolute tear um, with Brock Purdy at quarterback of all people. It's also a division game. So these tend to be a little bit more chippy, you know. I think that this could be a closer game, like you said. Although the Niners, I don't want to spoil anything for later, but we're both pretty fond. We're both pretty uh, fond of the Niners at this point, you know, in the, in the um, at the start of the postseason. We think that they can go pretty far. But, um, yeah, I think this matchup, I'm happy to see Seahawks. And I wanted either the Seahawks or the Lions. You know, I wasn't going to be upset with either of them. I would have been upset with Aaron Rodgers, you know, because we've seen him plenty of times in the playoffs. But last night with the Lions and the Packers, it felt like two teams – you know, going by each other, you know, high-fiving. One's going up, one's going down. You know, like the Lions, I feel like they're now on the upswing. And the Packers, there's a lot of questions, you know, for the Packers moving forward next season. Uh, looks like they have Christian Watson. They still have Aaron Jones. That's about it. We don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. They have a pretty good defense, but um, we're going to see what they do at quarterback moving forward. I don't know if Jordan Love is going to get a shot or what how they'll address that, but that's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting. You know, by the way, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Geno Smith broke Russell Wilson's franchise yeah. passing yardage record this yep. year. Like, how, how crazy is that? Like, I think it was 42 was the number, yeah. Unbelievable. Russell Wilson's <laughs> been there for so long. You know, everyone just like, including myself, like, wow, he's so good. He's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Geno Smith comes in, shatters his record. Obviously, it took him an extra game. Yeah, but uh, did Geno Smith miss any games this year? I, don't, I, don't I know. Think I don't he think did. he did. That, that's funny. So, yeah. Did anybody have Geno Smith breaking the franchise passing yardage record on their bingo card? Like, I don't think so. That's been the story. It seems like of the season, like all this crazy stuff. It feels like there's been a lot of like, you know, you say expect the unexpected. It seems like there's been a whole lot of unexpected, you know, this season. Definitely. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so, you know, Geno Smith, I think if I'm not mistaken, he was the only he. He was leading the league coming into the game, coming into this week with incompletion percentage, and he would be the only Seahawks player ever, Seahawks quarterback ever to finish the season with the a seventy percent or higher completion percentage, which is also another another crazy thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you consider everything, right? Like, oh, like it's such a downgrade. You know, I think it's funny too. Like, whenever they have the coin, the coin flips for overtime, the Seahawks have been in a couple of overtime games this year. We always mm-hmm. see Drew Locke out there. Like as like the uh, the guy who, who makes the call, yeah. um, <laughs> he has to have a role. He has a role. He has a role. I mean, he, I he's mean, the coin did, flip you know. caller. That's his position. <laughs> he was, you know, he did get traded to them, so he he has to do something. Yeah, um, yeah. But like you said, man, I really wanted to see the Lions in the playoffs. Like, I really think they could have been an amazing underdog in yeah. any given matchup in the NFC. I I really think they could have given the 49ers problems, and I really I really believe that like i i think they could beat i think outside of the eagles maybe i think they can match up with any team um yeah. and even the eagles like you know it's possible that they could have got it done against them too but outside of the eagles i really think that the lions like they would have been my dark horse to make it to the nfc championship game yeah um they, you know, if they did end up making the playoffs 
they would have been America's underdog. You know what I'm saying? Everybody would have been rooting for right. them just because how do you like what did they start? Was it one and six? And then they just rattled off like all these fantastic games. And obviously, um, it's too bad they couldn't have won that one. I, th- I think it was last week to get in. You know, they would have had a better shot. Obviously, this week they wouldn't have needed all that help that they did need and they ultimately didn't get. You know, but the Lions definitely, I think they definitely could have matched up with anybody, like you said. Um, I think they would have maybe. I don't want to say spank the Giants, but I feel like they could really beat up on the Giants. The C, uh, the, uh, let's see, the, they would have played the Niners. I think it would have been close. I would have put it, I think it would have been a better matchup. Let's put it this way. It would have been a better matchup for the Lions and the Niners to play than the Seahawks and the Niners to play. I think the spread might have been a little bit closer, and I think that it might be a better game if the Lions were playing. But we still got the Seahawks, so that's okay. The Lions, I think, would have beat the Buccaneers. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions beat the Cowboys because the Cowboys are so inconsistent. Uh, the Vikings are also inconsistent, and that's a division matchup. We've seen the Lions take them down to the wire. Um, I, I think you put it, you said it perfectly. You know, outside the Eagles, there's nobody that they can't beat. You know, if I had to pick um, a team that they couldn't beat, it would be the Eagles. If I had to pick a team that could, they could definitely beat, it would have been the Giants. Um, I'm not sure what the Giants are going to do, but that's just me maybe shitting on the Giants a little bit because I'm a Cowboys fan. We'll see how it goes. But I, I, <laughs> it would have been so nice to see the Lions. But I think Geno Smith and the Seahawks, you know, they're a, a pretty good underdog too. That's a decent consolation prize. As long as it wasn't Aaron Rodgers. We've seen plenty of him in the playoffs. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that would have, wouldn't have been as good of a game, to be honest. No. Um, and, and there's a chance that this was his last game in the NFL. Um, who knows? Mm-hmm. We're likely going to go through another offseason of us like wondering whether Aaron Rodgers will play another season. Did he play yeah. his last down? Like, who knows? He lives for that. Um, <laughs> uh, he really does, dude. Yeah. He loves it. Um, but, and Christian Watson, 100 yard receiving game in this one. You know, when I look at Christian Watson, uh, you know, going into next year, if Rodgers isn't quarterback, I feel like Watson is going to be overlooked. You know, I, I can see, you know, his ADP being outside like, the top five, six rounds potentially in fantasy yeah. drafts, like which I'd mm-hmm. be happy with, right? I think at that point the upside kind of you know outweighs everything. And even if Jordan Love is their quarterback, like, like I'd be okay with that. Right. I, I think with Jordan Love at quarterback, you could look at Christian Watson and be fine. I think if they go somewhere else, even they could be fine. You know, he's a really good receiver. We saw shades of a wide receiver one, like an alpha wide receiver one from him this season. Obviously, he just has to stay healthy. But I liked what I saw from Christian Watson. I know you said you met Christian Watson there at the Senior Bowl. Was it last year? And that's actually it's coming up soon. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, I yeah, got some you, good news about that too. Yeah, I just you, got my I just I just got my credentials approved yesterday. Oh, uh, really? My media credentials approved yesterday for the Senior Bowl, so I will be back. Um, got everything <laughs> all booked up already. So we're part two, man. We're gonna be in there nice. in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, that's in when is that? That's in about isn't it late February? Uh, yeah. No, it's late. Is it late February or late? No, it's 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 early February. Early Fe- okay, so. yeah, Man. yeah, early February. It's right before the um right before the Super Bowl. So it's actually it starts the Super Bowl week starts January thirtieth. All right. Man. <laughs> that's soon but anyway yeah so you said you met him we're getting into the draft season that it's crazy quickly. can you believe it yeah, yeah no it, it it moves fast and then in between there we also have free agency that's just gonna be ridiculous but back to the point with christian watson i don't think i'm not gonna be fading christian watson at this point regardless of who's that quarterback unless it's a guy like david blau you know or someone that we don't that's just a career backup you know somebody that has no prospects i think if jordan love starts i'm okay shooting for upside there i don't think it's that much of a hit he might not have the consistency not that he was even that consistent even this season, but um, uh, he wouldn't have maybe the exact same floor, but I think the ceiling remains the same. As He wouldn't have the same floor as he had with Rodgers, 
but I think the ceiling remains the same with Jordan Love if that's the way they decide to go. Um, so I'm, I have no reservation about Christian Watson, barring any setbacks in terms of his health, which shouldn't happen. Yeah, who knows if this is going to be a downgrade to Jordan Love. It's not like Aaron Rodgers was that good this year, right? right. He wasn't. So who knows? When Jordan Love got some opportunity this year, he looked okay. You know? And didn't he throw the one touchdown to Christian Watson? So like, let's he not did. forget that. Obviously, it's a very small sample size, but you know, maybe and, and Christian, Watson Christian, Watson. Most, Christian Watson did most of the work there. But yeah, no, so 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 Christian Watson did most of the work. That's usually the case with Christian Watson. You know, he's going to be out running guys. You know, just That's burning true. guys. So I think That's that as true. long as you get, if you could get the ball in his hands, who cares who's throwing the ball, right? Just as long as he's getting to him. Now the rest of the NFC playoff teams. Uh, so you got the Eagles at the top. They beat the Giants backups. Uh, to clinch the number one seed in the bye. Uh, yep. The Cowboys would have had a shot at the number one seed if the Eagles lost and if they took care of business against the, against the Commanders. But boy, did that game look bad for the Cowboys. Uh, they yeah. lost, and now I feel like I'm Shannon Sharp. I don't, no, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm Stephen A. Smith, you know. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, always <laughs> you, like. You could be like, Shannon Sharp, too. Call me Skip Bayless. <laughs> I know. I just, you know. It's crazy because, like, you know, I, I would have loved this Cowboys team to be good. You know, because I yeah. think they have all the, all the tools. Uh, I they like do. Micah Parsons. Like I like Dak. I like CD Lamb. I like these guys. I yeah. like Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like, you know, you know. This now they're the five seed right now, mm-hmm. and and luckily they get to play the Bucks in the wild card round. Like that's one of the teams like I would like to play. You know now, yeah. but they have to go into Tampa to do it now. And you know the early odds right now, the Cowboys are only three point favorites on the road. I'm surprised they're favorites after that performance. You know what I'm saying? But uh, this is the thing. With This is my little thing about the Cowboys. I'm just going to get this over with because I could talk forever about what's wrong with the Cowboys. But it's the same things over and over that we keep seeing. They're in the playoffs. They have a chance to win this game. They could win. They could lose. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost. I wouldn't be surprised if they won. But this is the thing. The Cowboys are so inconsistent week to week that there's no way they can sustain a four-game run to get to the Super Bowl and win it. So if it happens this week, if they lose, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. If they win, I don't expect them to go much further than that. They haven't been able to do that. They haven't lost back-to-back games this year, so maybe the odds are in their favor to win this one because they don't go back-to-back and lose games. But at the same time, that performance was terrible yesterday. So the pieces are all there. The coaching is not very good, the play calling especially. Kellen Moore gets a lot of good – a lot of roses thrown at him. But yesterday was just terrible. And Dak Prescott needs to clean up the interceptions – Otherwise, it's not going to happen. When, when Dak is on, we've seen him play really well. Go back two weeks against the Eagles. They could beat anybody. They could put up 40 points. But when he's off, man, are they off. It looked like week one against the Buccaneers. Yeah, it was bad. Um, so hopefully they can turn it around. He said it's not going to happen again. We'll see. Um, and then and the Vikings, they're going to go up against the Giants at home next weekend. Uh, Vegas is expecting a close game. Minnesota favored by three points at home. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, these two played each other on Christmas Eve. The Vikings won by three points, 27 to 24. Probably yep. going to be a good game. Um, if I had to pick who I would like to win, you know, I would like to, I would like the Vikings to win that game just because, yep. like, bigger names, a little bit more exciting. You yep. know, Kirk Cousins, like, you know, people hate on Kirk Cousins. You know, I, I, I kind of want him to do his thing a little bit. Um, I, I don't know how far they could go because their defense is really, their, their passing defense is really bad. And yep. then their offense, like, it, they get, you know, sometimes they just get shut down. You know, it's either mm-hmm. like they're putting up like 35 points or they're getting shut down. Like that's like yeah. That's about it. That, you know, with that's them. 
that that's been the story of the Vikings season this whole time. You know, you look at their wins and they're putting up a bunch of points or they're winning these close games. And if you look at their losses, they're all terrible offensive showings. I think it was seven points against the Eagles. It was three points against the Cowboys. It was what was it? Uh, who was their other their other losses? I forget who it was. Uh, anyway, <laughs> they, that they have terrible offensive showings um, against the Packers. They had three points until they scored two garbage time touchdowns. Just these losses, they're either on or they're off, and it just reminds me kind of of the Cowboys. But you're right. I I want the Vikings to win over the Giants. A because you know divisional rival Giants, but also because like you said, Kirk Cousins throwing to Justin Jefferson, T.J. Hawkinson, Dalvin Cook, huge names. You know on offense where. Yeah, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley are there, but Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, you know, these guys, are, they're not really built for showtime. They're going to be a scrappy team, especially with Brian DeBall. You know, I wouldn't be blown away if the Giants somehow managed to win this game. It's also tough to beat a team twice, you know, in a row, especially in a short time period. Um, so you can give the Giants that edge there. They might have a little bit um, of a better chance, but I think the Vikings will ultimately win this game. The Giants, you know, they deserve to be in the playoffs, definitely. But I don't think there's a realistic path for them to make it much further in the divisional round if they make it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear that. I mean, the, the Giants have done it before, man. You know? Yeah, like the, no, that's true. Literally, the way that they have won their Super Bowls, like, is is by that way. They get into the wild card, you know, then they, they make noise. But, you know. Daniel we'll Jones see. is not Eli Manning. <laughs> I mean, okay, I guess. Um, I mean, I mean, e- Eli Manning going into that first year, you know, into the playoffs, the wild card, it's like, you know, that defense was like astound, right? Like defense was yeah. so good. Um, that's really what won them that Super Bowl. All the Giants fans are coming after me now. I hear them. I hear them coming. <laughs> Moving to the AFC, uh, the Chiefs embarrassed the Raiders. Like they were doing, you know, this ring around the rosy trick play at that the five-yard line. At one point, like if you don't know what I mean, like if you didn't see it, like the Chiefs literally got into their play huddle, they and they they sidestepped in a circle for like a good couple of seconds before they lined up to snap the ball to Jack McKinnon, and then for a trick play, they passed it to they they lateraled it to Patrick Mahomes, and then he threw it to Kadarius Tony. It would have been a touchdown if it wasn't for like I think it was a holding call on mm-hmm. that play, if I'm not mistaken. But like you know, hilarious, hilarious. So the Chiefs won yeah. that game. By the way, like if you've watched Kadarius Tony the last two weeks, you cannot tell me this dude is not special. Like when he right. gets the ball in his hands, like he's not playing a ton of snaps right now. But man, like is he being used heavily when he's on the field, especially in the red zone? Yeah, no, he's just looked fantastic. And it's what we've wanted, you know, this whole time, you know, with the Chiefs and even during his time with the Giants, what we wanted to see the usage that we wanted to see this type of usage that he was getting, at least when he's on the field. We want to see more obviously more participation for him in terms of being you know, on the field for the offensive snaps. But he looks really good. And for me, if he gets a full offseason in you know, and he can build a little bit more of a rapport, earn some more snaps, he could be probably a really good value. I mean, his value might be – I don't know if it's going to be too inflated. I think it's going to be right where it should be for a player like him. Um, but well, I think let's he's see what be he relatively – Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Like, this could be a Gabe Davis situation. We'll see. Like if the season <laughs> ended today – Right, like people like me and you might be like, oh, okay, he's going to be a value, right? Because yeah. he's like thirty percent of snaps, he's not getting a crazy amount of touches. He's not, you know, the stat sheet isn't like you're not Popping. blown out of the yeah. water, right? Um, but you kind of see what he does in the field. The fact that he's getting that much opportunity on that, you know, on, on the limited snaps that he's getting, and he's looking good doing it, he's like, okay, you can get him in the tenth round, and like you know, hope that he could do his thing. But right. we'll see. Like if he kills in the playoffs and, you know, a lot more eyes on those games, because, like, if you're watching Red Zone, 
you know, you're not watching every play from Kadarius Tony, but you know, people are going to be locked into these games, watching only one game game at a time. Yeah. So you know, now like everything, everything's in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and that's kind of what happened with Gabe Davis, I think. But with Kadarius Tony, could you see this kind of? You know, you talk about it maybe a tenth round ADP if this is how it settled for Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Like if he falls right in that range, does he kind of look like Christian Kirk did this season? You know, like he's technically this is a new team for him because he's only had a couple games with them, but he's a really good talent. Christian Kirk is obviously a good talent. He's in a in a system with a good quarterback on an offense. You know that. It doesn't really have a number one receiver, but he could be there. You know, Christian yeah. Kirk was the same thing. I think we could see that type of situation play out. We just saw Christian Kirk finish as, what was it, the wide receiver 21 or two in fantasy points per game. I think Kadarius Tony could even beat that, you know, assuming he stays healthy and he does get an increased role like we're talking about. Yeah, I think so. Did he finish, th- did he finish that low? I'm, I, I I'm think surprised that, that he It was that relatively low, low, but for his price, I mean, I, th- I don't think it was that bad. Oh man, I gotta I gotta check this out now because I feel like he was like, well, yeah. So this our post, his we have him tagged for wide receiver twenty one. Yeah, really? Oh wow, that's pretty low. But that's on tenth round ADP, so it's like, oh yeah. I mean, it's se- it seems low to me. I agree that it was a value. I'm just saying, like, I thought he finished higher than that. Um, yeah, he not. wasn't very consistent, and we saw yeah. that with all the Jags receivers. Same with Zay Jones. You know, two different receivers in the way they run routes, where they line up, but very similar production. Also with Trevor Lawrence. He was good down the stretch. I think he has room to get to improve and get better. Um, if he could get a little bit more consistent, I think that these guys could really have good seasons too. Just keep an eye on that. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, I think Kirk was definitely more consistent early on in the year, and then like it kind of fell off a little bit towards the end in these tough matchups. Um, right. And then with Zay Jones kind of also popping off a little bit. Um, you know, earlier in the year, I think Trevor Lawrence was really locking on to Christian Kirk. And then once he got developed a little bit and got a little bit better, he was much more, um, you know, uh, he was more willing to distribute the ball to guys like Evan Ingram and Zay Jones. Yeah. Hopefully next year to Travis Etienne too. Hopefully yeah. that happens. In, in the passing game, I, definitely, yeah. But I think Etienne's going to have a good game this week because the Jaguars beat the Titans on Saturday night. You know, it's a really tough matchup. He didn't do anything. Um Jaguars are the AFC South champions, which is crazy to think, right? Yeah. Um, they'll host the Chargers, and that's going to be a good game, I think. Two young yeah. quarterbacks. I'm looking forward to that game, personally. That's probably going to be, like, for me, the game that I'm tuning in and I want to see, you know, because these are both two teams that nobody really hates, I don't think. You know, obviously, you love the Chargers with Justin Herbert. They have all the talent. They were supposed to be making the playoffs comfortably, comfortably, you know, and they did, but they were supposed to be challenging the Chiefs for the for the one seed. They didn't. Um, that That's fine. Uh, but they're, they're still the same team. They're still super talented. And the Jaguars, you know, they're an underdog, and they came on through the um, second part of the season. Um, this is a matchup definitely that screams, you know, maybe high scoring, high entertainment value, you know, that kind of thing. And like you just said, one of the ones I'm looking forward to also. Uh, it's funny that the Jaguars made it, and it's crazy to think because I saw a stat, I think it was CBS Sports I put out, that said in week 10, the Titans were 7-3, and three, and the Jaguars were 3-7. and seven. Like, there's wow. no way anybody could have predicted that. Like, if you were the Titans and you were seven and three, and you're sitting there, you're like, you're sitting pretty. You know, you're thinking, we don't even have to worry about any of these other teams in the NFC South. Like, the, even the Titan, even the uh, Colts. You know, for the Titans, I think they were actually ahead of the Jaguars at that point. Yeah, you know, you're not thinking about the Colts, let alone the Jaguars. And here we are, wild card weekend coming up, and the Jaguars are the division leaders hosting a playoff game. And I think they have a real shot to win. You know, it's not like this is going to be up. Oh, 
they just squeaked in and they're not going to be competitive against the Chargers. Chargers have been playing down kind of, I think, for the talent that they have. I, I think the Jaguars have a real, sh- real shot in this one. I don't know what Brandon Staley was doing yesterday, man. There was no reason yeah. why the starters should have been in the game for that long. And Mike Williams ended up getting carted off. Like, yep. That's what happens. Like, this, this is not, tough. this is not, yeah. it was just a weird game. And then they ended up <laughs> bringing in their backups and then they started playing well. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they, they took Justin Herbert off the field. Like, Keenan Allen caught his second touchdown. What is he doing on the field? I don't know. Like, especially Mike with Williams, his injury history, <laughs> Mike Williams just got carted off. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now you're gonna leave Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen on the field? Come on, yeah. Man. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like it makes no sense. You you would have ended up at that same spot regardless of whether you yeah. won or lost that game. Brandon Staley's getting no cute. He's getting cute with it. It seems like, and it's Way not good. Cute, and man. this is the thing: Dallas could have been in the same situation. Luckily, they didn't have any injuries or anything like that. But Dallas played their starters for an abnormally long amount of time too, and they ended well, up being okay. But you know, the, the thing was that the they were, the Forty Nine ers were playing at the same time. But yeah. if I was Mike McCarthy, right, I'll be looking at that. Uh, looking at that score, I would be like, "Hey, guys, yeah. like in the booth, what's the score of that game in the 49ers? You know what I'm saying? Like, and mm-hmm. the Forty Nineers were going up against the Cardinals, and the Forty Nineers were were up by like 20 points in like the third quarter. So it's yeah. like, you know, let's let's tone it down a little bit here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, let's mm-hmm. let's bring it back. You know, Pollard was on the field, Zeke was on the field, CD was on the field, Dak was on the field. It's like, dude, you know, Micah could use a rest. You know, like yeah. there was a lot of players that could have used used that time off the field, honestly. Yeah, so um, that was but, with the Cowboys. But also with the Chargers, you know, we saw Brandon Staley do this too and actually cost the Chargers a playoff spot last year. You know, when yeah. he got cute, all they had to do was let the time run out in that last game against the Raiders, and he calls a timeout, and then they kick the field goal to go ahead and boot the Chargers out of the playoffs. So that's two years in a row. And if it costs them, you know, it looks like if, if it looks like the Chargers are hurting, you know, missing Mike Williams, or if they do eventually, you know, end up missing Mike Williams, like that's going to be bad. That's going to look really bad. And there's a chance that I think if the Chargers lose, that Brent Staley might be out as head coach. I think so. I think he's definitely on the hot seat for yeah. sure because I do think they're underperforming. Regardless, absolutely. Look at the roster. <laughs> it's just like yeah. it's crazy. Justin Herbert can only elevate so much, and even then, he's been playing with banged up weapons all season, except for Austin Eckler. He's been there. He's been the one. And Joe, Joe Lombardi is not going to cut it as OC either. Like, no. I think they need to kind of clean house there. Yeah. Um, the Jets lost six straight games. Makes me upset. It's yeah. okay, though. This one to the Dolphins. The Patriots lost, so they were eliminated. So the Dolphins snuck in as the seventh seed. Seventh seed. It's going to be interesting to see where Tua is at, right? Like yep. All the Dolphins yeah, fans playing. tweeting. Like you know about him coming back this week and all the all the all the all the gifts that I see on 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 Twitter are hilarious. But you know if the Dolphins are going to keep him sidelined, you know with the concussions. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. Like is Teddy going to be back with that broken? I think it's a broken pinky or something um, on his throwing hand. Um, and then if, is Tua going to be at a point where he's going to play this game against the Bills this week? You know, I, yeah. I don't. It's a very it's a very slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Dolphins, right? Yeah. I don't trust the Dolphins at all. Unless Tua plays. If Tua plays, I think they might have a chance. But if Tua I doesn't so. play, I am writing the Dolphins completely off if Tua doesn't play. For sure. Even, even if Teddy Bridgewater plays. This is the Bills who are still playing. They're now playing with the motivation of DeMar Hamlin. And we saw that the first play from scrimmage, not even scrimmage, the kickoff, you know, the first play of the game, they take it back for a touchdown. Like the script writers are going overtime. I'm sure you've seen plenty of those memes. You know, oh, they're yeah. putting in plenty of work. But um, <laughs> yeah, the Bills, 
They're at home. You know, the Dolphins are banged up at quarterback. If Tua doesn't play, they have no shot. And I'm putting all my money on the Bills. The spread's probably going to be ridiculous. But I don't think the Dolphins have a shot, especially if it's Skylar Thompson going again. 11 points isn't going to cut it. And the funny thing is with the Dolphins game yesterday, I just noticed this. The spread, I think, was the Dolphins by four. Now, if you were a Dolphins better, they went up by three with about a minute left or less than a minute. And the Jets ran that trick play. And it went all the way back for a safety. And that was a backdoor, backdoor cover that looked hopeless as soon as that kick went up and was good. Like, I couldn't imagine being a Dolphins better yesterday. Seriously, man. Yeah, And and this game, the early early line of this game is uh, the Bills favored by 10 and a half. And, you know, if you think Tua's going to play, you probably want to bet on the Dolphins, right? Yeah. Um, But he might not. We'll see. All right, man. I, I think we hit up hit up all hit up all these teams that you know made the playoffs. So, I think it's time for our Super Bowl predictions. Yeah. All right. So, who are your two teams to make the Super Bowl? Let's so hear it. my my two teams might be mainstream. It might be the easy pick. Some people might say, but I'm going with the Niners out of the NFC. I'm going with the Bills out of the AFC, and that's purely because I think the Bills now you know they're super motivated with Demar Hamlin going down. They, they're playing for him. That's going to make a big difference. It was between the Chiefs and the Bills for me. Maybe the Bengals, but I don't know. I went with the Bills just because my gut. I've picked them, I think, the past. It was definitely last year, maybe the year before, um, to make the, the Super Bowl, and they they haven't. So And they easily could have last year. So I think their time is coming. It's going to be this year. Um, and the Niners, they just looked like the most consistent force. Um, obviously, the Eagles are very good, but I can't bring myself to pick them just because the Niners' defense is so good. The offense is so efficient, regardless of who's at quarterback. Brock Purdy, I think, is looking almost like a bit of an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo, (laughs) just because he's just doing everything he needs to do without any trouble at all. I I think that this would be a really good matchup in the Super Bowl, you know, the Bills and the 49ers. I think it's totally possible it's going that that's the one that I see happening most. The inner Cowboys fan in me, I know Farazi texted me beforehand. He said, what's your Super Bowl, Super Bowl pick? I said, do you want the Cowboys fan pick or do you want my actual pick? I would love to say the Cowboys, but nothing's going to happen there. So I have the Bills and the 49ers in the Super Bowl. All right. I love it. I love it. I'm glad you didn't choose Cowboys. Um, I, I was just close. This close. No, I'm kidding. I would never. <laughs> yeah. If you if you put the two teams next to each other and cha- like didn't have any coloration on the uniforms, didn't tell me what the teams were, and I just saw them play, I'd be like, oh, yeah, the 49ers are better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. I'm going Eagles Bengals. I initially oh. had the 49ers. Yeah. Over the Eagles. But man, like I I, I think it's going to be really hard for me to bet on Brock Purdy against the Eagles defense. Like if that's what the matchup ends up being in the NFC Championship. Right. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts wasn't on 100% yesterday. That was clear. Um and I think that's what it all comes down to. Like I really like the 49ers but their pass defense is very vulnerable. And I think of what A.J. Brown and, De- and Devontae Smith can do against them, and, mm-hmm. and that's where it becomes a little scary for me. You know? Um, you know, unless the 49ers can really sustain drives with the run game against the Eagles, and I think they can do that, like, especially with Elijah Mitchell back, potentially staying healthy. Like, who knows if he can because he hasn't yeah. done that. Um, because, but if they do, if it's Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey, I think they're going to ride those two guys, you know, and yeah, they could potentially, you know, win games because of that. But otherwise, I, I think it's going to be tough to overcome. Um, I think Jalen Hurts, you know, be, being completely healthy 
is going to be a big factor. Um, I just think that the Eagles are the most complete team uh, in the NFC, right? Defense, offense, like they can score with the best of them. They have really mm-hmm. good defense. Like when I think of Brock Purdy and the matchups against the Eagles, I think it's a little bit too much to overcome. You look at the the teams that the 49ers have beaten, not the best lineup, right? They, ha- they no. have beaten subpar teams. And I just think that at some point, like this is a great story with Pro- Brock Purdy. And, but yeah. I just don't know how far they could end up going with him as their quarterback. Um, and it's been, he's been looking good. He's been playing within the system. But where does that end? Where like you got to get your have your quarterback to make these big time throws? And he's been doing a great job. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're talking Jalen Hurts. We're talking AJ Brown. We're talking Devontae Smith. You know, guys who could really light it up. Yeah. So that's that's the reason why I think I lean Eagles in the NFC. I think that's a really good point to make. You know, you talk about the 49ers offense, you know, when it comes to making those big time throws, have we seen Brock Purdy do it? Yes, maybe against bad teams. But the name of the game for the 49ers offense hasn't been so much the big playmaking ability as it's been the efficiency. And you're right. When you look at the Eagles offense, it's not just efficiency. It's the big play threat. They have A.J. Brown. They have Devontae Smith. Jalen Hurts with his legs can take a carry for 30 yards anytime. I think you're absolutely right with that. So, yeah, I, I get betting on you know the Eagles in that sense because they have the big playability and the consistency and the efficiency. You know, we're 49ers. They are playing within their system. Everything is going smoothly right now. And they're taking care of business. It's not like they're leaving any doubt. They're taking care of business against these, you know, subpar teams. But I, I think you might be on to something there. My pick isn't going to change. I'm going to leave the Niners. But I think there's definitely a valid argument there, you know, for the Eagles to be the pick over the Niners. I think the Bengals, you know, who is my AFC pick, I think they're also, you know, this complete team, right? They know how to win. Yeah close games. Joe Burrow has all of his weapons healthy right now. The defense is playing well. I mean, it's it's very close between them and the Chiefs for me. And I think if yeah. I had to choose one between the Chiefs and the Bills, I think I'd go Chiefs. I just think the Chiefs offense is like way more dependable and diversified. Like, you can't just take away one player in the Chiefs offense. I think with the Bills, you can. I think you can take away Stephon Diggs and then their offense... You know, obviously Josh Allen can can do big things, but they don't have a second playmaker outside of Stefan Diggs to really rely on. Yes, Gabe Davis has had his games, but not that many of them. Right? Don't don't bet against playoff Gabe Davis. <laughs> That's true. I don't it's want to coming. bet against Gabe the Davis. second coming of playoff Gabe Davis. It's coming. <laughs> uh, I hear that, man. It's just you know, it, it's it's very close between the Chiefs and the Bengals for me. I, I just. Don't want to take two number one seeds. It's rare that two number one seeds go to the Super Bowl. Um, right. So if I'm going to pick a number one seed from either conference, I think it's easier for me to pick the number one seed in the NFC compared to the AFC because there's not as much, you know, after the Eagles, 49ers, that's, that's really it. Like, those are the two teams in the NFC. In the AFC, you got a few teams, right? You got the Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, there's one I, more team. There's one more team in the AFC, the NFC. But yeah, I think the Eagles definitely have an easier path in the NFC. The NFC yeah, is like quietly relatively weak. You know, you, you look at the playoff teams. I mean, yeah. In terms of their star power, maybe you, teams like the Giants. Well, you would have playoffs. you would have had the Cowboys there what four weeks ago, right? Like four weeks yeah. ago, I would have thought that the Cowboys are like in that in that that stratosphere with the Falcons like, and the Eagles. Pre pre the Jaguars loss. I think is what we're talking about. Even I guess right? so. 
I guess so. Like, yeah. they, they eked one out against Texas, but they won. So it's like, at, at that point, I wasn't worried about it. But now it's just like, all of their losses that they've given up, you know, they've given up big leads that they had. So it's just tough. Yeah, they're not in the one-two. Like, there's an Eagles, Niners, and then there's a big drop. And then maybe the Cowboys. I would say, yeah, it probably started with the Texans game, you know, because they, they, they took them down to the wire. Then they lost yeah, to the well, Cowboys. I mean, I'm sorry, then they lost to the Jaguars. But the yeah, Texans I mean, but then took like the Chiefs down to the wire, and the Chiefs have no doubt. You know what I'm saying, yeah, but it's true. Yeah, it's true. The that's Texans true. played good football that 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 three week stretch. They were playing really well, but it's true. Dallas shouldn't have taken them down um, to the wire. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 there's a case maybe for the Vikings over the Cowboys as you know, if you're ranking the best teams in the NFC, this case maybe for the Vikings over the Cowboys, but it's one, two, three, four, it's Eagles, Niners, and then any order that you want, Cowboys, Vikings. And then after that, I don't know how we go about that. Like, do you put the Giants over the Buccaneers? I think maybe. I think so. You you put the Seahawks over the Buccaneers? I I think that this, I think the Seahawks and Buccaneers are very similar, but yeah, I think I might put the Buccaneers at the bottom. I think so too. I think that's the way you have to play because they're underperforming big time. And we saw glimpses. We saw glimpses of them playing well last week. But then this week, too, they weren't, you know, playing very well either in the time that they had the starters on the field. You brought up the Texans. And uh, for no good reason, well, actually, there might be a good reason when you consider yeah. Lovey Smith. But <laughs> they decided to win the game against the Colts, going for it on fourth downs, two point conversions. <laughs> I mean, they were going for that win, dude. You know, and yeah. the Bears lost. So the Bears are now locked in to the number one pick in this year's draft, thanks to the Texans, thanks to Lovey Smith. And Lovey Smith was fired before he could even make his way back to the locker room, right? You <laughs> yeah. Know? And, and to, to be honest, like Lovey Smith probably knew he was going to get canned, right? Mm-hmm. So he was like, you know what? Screw your number one pick. To him. Yep. Exactly. Taking and I think that's what him. happened. I think that's what happened, dude. Like, he, he knew he was going to get fired. And mm-hmm. he was like, all right, well, guess what? I'm taking it all with me. You know, <laughs> so the Texans, the Texans fired him after one year. They fired David Culley last year after one year as well. This doesn't seem like a recipe for success, right? Like you hire a coach. They suck. Your team sucks also, by the way. Your quarterback mm-hmm. sucks also. And then you're just going to fire a coach. That one there. doesn't make too much sense to me. I would have assumed they would have had Lovey Smith. The, the way they've been playing and overperforming over the past few weeks, like mm-hmm. give Lovey Smith another chance. I don't know. That's, that's just me. Yeah. No, I'm in agreement. I knew it was going to happen. I think everybody yeah. knew that Lovey Smith was going to be fired regardless because the Texans just are in limbo right now everywhere. It doesn't matter if it's right. front office, coaching, players, you know, Brandon Cook's fiasco this season. That was just one little thing in a whole long line of other big things. But I think you give Lovey Smith another chance because the, it's not like they weren't competitive, you know, down the stretch. They were definitely competitive. They were a pretty a relatively tough out, you know. It's not like they were just getting blown out of games. But, yeah. I think, like you said, he knew that he was going to be fired, and he took the first overall pick with him. There was no reason to go for two. There was no reason to even be competitive in that game. They could have just rolled over and gotten that. But I think that there was tension already, you know, between Levy Smith and the front office, and they were going to get rid of him regardless. So I, I give I give Levy Smith props and the Texans team for you know doing that too. It might be bigger than you know the future. You know, the difference between one and two pick. Um, I don't think it's going to be that big unless someone trades up with the Bears to get a quarterback. Um, right. But outside of that, I, I don't think that is as important as winning the game for the Texans because it would have just been demoralizing to roll over and lose that game. You know, 
Um, I think that it was good that the Texans won. That might be an unpopular opinion, but when you talk about football team and it, it being like people are playing the game, they're humans playing the game. Like it makes sense for them to win that, you know, that's kind of where it comes down to not so much the numbers and, you know, playing the game for all the logistics of the game. It's just, you're playing the game, compete, you play to win. And that's what they did. I have no problem with them winning, even though, you know, they could have had the first overall pick. I think it's better for the culture for Houston moving forward, especially those players. I mean, who knows? They usually blow up the roster every offseason. It's better for those players going into next season to have that under their belt. So we got Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, you know, probably the top two quarterbacks for me. I'm very intrigued by Anthony Richardson as well. We'll see what they do. Um, I would imagine the Bears trade down here. They get a haul for that pick. Yeah. There are some advocating for them to take a quarterback. And no. (laughs) <laughs> and trade Justin Fields. Um, that is on the table, apparently. Um, I can't imagine them, them doing that. But some think that there is more value in trading Justin Fields away and grabbing a quarterback at number one than trading away the number one pick. Um, so, listen, at the end of the day, I'm rolling with Justin Fields if I'm the Bears, right? Because yeah. he looked like he's really good. And honestly, I think that Justin Fields might be a better prospect than either of these two guys, you know, these top guys coming out this year. Right. Um, so that's kind of how I look at it. But the Texans, though, you know, assuming that whoever trades up to the number one pick is going to take a quarterback, they'll still have their pick, you know, uh, at quarterback, you know. Will mm-hmm. Levi, like, I hope that doesn't happen. That'll be bad. Yeah. In my opinion. But there's a lot to – We <laughs> I still have a lot more <laughs> prospects to, to do. Yeah, yeah, I got to really, really, this is when I really get into it in terms of like, you know, breaking down these guys and f- filming these guys out and all that kind of stuff. This is this is right. the fun part for me. Um, I love, that's why I love January and February. It's the best. Do you want to um, be like a, a, do you want to be like a scout at some point, you know, in your career? That, that would probably be something. A long, a long, I don't know, long. man. Like I, I definitely, en- I definitely enjoy it. I definitely enjoy yeah. it. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Just like watch them and like put the numbers together and like combine that and figure out who's good and who's not. And I think my process has been pretty solid over the past couple of seasons. So like, I'm looking yep. forward to continuing that. So we'll, so, so we'll see how that goes. But um, so the bears own the number one pick followed by the Texans Cardinals, then the Colts Seahawks from the, from Denver. Remember that trade uh, for, 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 for Russell Wilson, <laughs> yeah. uh, the lions at six, which is amazing, you know, for them, given where they're at right now, they're on the rise. Um, mm-hmm. And that was for the, for, for Matthew Stafford, by the way, that's from the Rams. Yeah. And, you know, followed by the Raiders, they have the seventh pick. Falcons with another top ten pick at eight. Panthers and then Eagles have a top ten pick as well from the Saints. So uh, Eagles are, Eagles are, look, are sitting pretty as well. Can you imagine winning the Super Bowl and then having, the, having a top ten pick in the draft? Like That's, that that's pretty solid right there. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's pretty very, solid right there. Very good management by the Eagles. Um, I'm looking at, you know, the Colts. You know, so first, Texans, even if a quarterback goes first, I'm sure they'll be happy with whatever if their pick of Bryce Young or yeah, CJ Stroud, sure. whoever falls to them, yeah. they're going to take. I feel like that's going to be the case, assuming they don't so. move up themselves to number one, which I don't think you know would be that big a deal. It's possible. They, it's like, possible that they do because they might really, really want one of these guys, mm-hmm. and they don't want another team to get in front of them to take their guy. So I don't I can, think I can the, totally see that happening. I don't think the compensation would be that much either, especially if they're communicating. They're like, okay, we want this guy. And if the Bears have somebody they want to have their eye on, you know, you're only moving back to two. So you're just going to yeah. take as long as it's not who the Bears want, you know, 
I think they'd be happy to move back, even if they pick up just like a second round pick, a third round pick yeah. in the process. You know, just it's not going it, to it change really, your draft. It really depends on. I think they're going to have to give up a lot still, the Texans, to get to get to number one because of the fact that there's going to be a lot of teams going to be calling the oh, Bears yeah. for that yeah, number one true. pick. So the market value is going to remain the same, and they're not going to, you know, just to move down one spot, they're not going to give up that t- type of value. It's just like a, it's like a, you know, the Bears have a really interesting offseason ahead of them. They have more than $100 million in cap space. Um, they have a ton of draft picks. They have number one pick. So this is going to be a very interesting and they're probably going to get even more picks, you know. By trading back. By trading I, back, right? I think in most scenarios, I see the Bears trading back. I don't see there's any reason for them to yeah. stick around. I see them trading back and then potentially trading up yeah. once or twice in the draft because of all the draft picks that they to have. Get, to to uh, grab guys that are falling, too, especially. You know, like, right. that always happens. They could do that, 100%. And then with the Colts, you know, you have the Colts at four. Why do I feel like that's, like, Will Levi's spot right there. <laughs> like I, I just have I a feeling, you know, with with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud likely off the board, the Colts are going to be looking at it and they'll be like, they probably won't have turned to a veteran quarterback at that point. You know, maybe they'll have they'll have Sam Ellinger and they'll be like, okay, he's going to be our guy next season. Or if they don't draft a quarterback, but I just feel like that's a spot I could see that happening. Will Levi staying in the blue and white? I just see it. <laughs> I can see it. It's like the same. It's the same jersey. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I just see that that pick just screams Colts to me. I don't know why. <laughs> oh man, I hope not for their sake. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm looking forward to it though. This is gonna be fun. You know, I might I might end up going to the draft this year. We'll see. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to figure out what I'm gonna do. This oh, you, year. you should announce um, a pick. You should announce the Jets. Pick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, man. The only picks I'll be announcing is my fantasy draft picks. That's it. Um, <laughs> right. I, I think that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Uh, thanks for thanks for listening. Uh, appreciate everybody. You know, this uh, this season has been amazing. You know, uh, so we we just thank you guys for listening and, and staying with us the whole way through. Uh, we have a ton of off season content, man. Like we got a draft, we got draft stuff, we got some uh, some uh, you know, um, twenty twenty two fantasy awards. You know, to give out to a bunch of players. Uh, stay tuned on my Instagram too. I'm going to be giving away a bunch of trophies to a bunch of leagues and a bunch of champions and perpetual trophies are, are going to be given out. So you can pass them from, you know, uh, player to player in your league over the next, like, you know, eight to 10 years or whatever. So that should be fun. So I'm going to be announcing that giveaway soon on my Instagram. Um, there's nothing that you have to do. There's no special thing that you have to do or like, you know, whatever, just got to be on my Instagram and just let me know that you won. That's it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we'll uh we'll we'll be back later this week. Um, I think um I think we want to come back on Wednesday potentially to talk about some fantasy awards. Um, and then on Friday we'll probably break down the wild card games and you know talk about you know which player prop props we like, you know which underdog pickums we're going to be choosing stuff like that. Uh, so kind of make these games a little bit more interesting, a little bit more vested interest in these playoff games for the weekend. We'll be back in a couple of days. We'll see you guys then. Take it easy. See ya.